I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. The protests against Egyptian President Mohamed Morsi continued in Cairo today. Thousands of people took to the streets to show their anger at Morsi's decree, giving himself broad new powers and placing his presidency beyond the reach of the courts. The protesters didn't buy their president's vow yesterday to scale back the decree. Correspondent Noel King is in Cairo now. Noel, characterize for us what's going on in Cairo with the politics and the people. Well, the post-revolution period in Egypt has been a very difficult one, and there have been complicated political times because there are such deep ideological divisions in Egyptian society. President Mohamed Morsi's decree really exposed some of those divisions even further, because what it did is it separated even further his supporters who think that by grabbing these powers, it was in the spirit of the revolution, it was an attempt to protect the revolution and to protect the panel that is writing Egypt's new constitution. Egypt's Liberals feel exactly the opposite. They feel that this is the move of a dictator who is granting himself extraordinary powers at the expense of the Egyptian people. And well, take us to the street then, because once again, just as was the case when the revolution began, the demands to ouster uh, Egypt's longtime ruler Hosni Mubarak, the gathering place for public sentiment is this enormous public park in Cairo, Tahrir Square. That's right. And the square today is dominated by Egyptian liberals and activists, by people who consider themselves in many ways to be the group that sparked or catalyzed the Egyptian revolution, but haven't seen much in the way of political influence or haven't managed to grab much in the way of political influence post-revolution because the Muslim Brotherhood has done so well in democratic elections. I was in downtown Cairo earlier today, and I was speaking to members of some of the liberal political parties who are trying to get themselves organized into some sort of coherent political opposition. Tahrir Square looks a little bit like it did during the Egyptian revolution. Banners are strung from the trees bearing messages like Egypt for all Egyptians. At the center of the square, there is a cluster of about 60 tents. In front of one tent sits Naguib Abadir, a member of the Liberal Free Egyptians Party. We are really proud that the Free Egyptians Party had the first tent erected in Tahrir Square a few days ago. But Abadir quickly adds that it isn't about who was here first. We are also very much aware that although we started it here in the square as one party, we are meeting with the different parties and forces on a regular basis, twice or three times a day, and coordinating our efforts. And that's what Egyptian opposition forces are trying to do today, coordinate. After the revolution, liberal and secular groups were plagued by internal squabbling and the better organized Islamists and the Muslim Brotherhood easily rose to power. Now the opposition is seizing on Morsi's decree as a rallying cry. Several parties have united, calling themselves the National Salvation Front. The group includes political heavyweights like the former head of the International Atomic Energy Agency, Mohamed al-Baradai, and Amr Musa, former leader of the Arab League. Hisham Qasim is a secular liberal democracy activist. The last time I went to Tahrir Square as a participant was um, the day after Mubarak was ousted, 12 February 2011. But today I am going out to join the protesters against Morsi. During Hosni Mubarak's rule, Qasim sometimes found himself advocating on behalf of Muslim Brotherhood members who were imprisoned on trumped-up charges. So when Morsi won the presidency, Qasim was prepared to give him the benefit of the doubt. Morsi's decree last week changed all that. At this point, I have reached a position where I think the Brotherhood are not political adversaries or rivals. 
the Brotherhood are a menace to the political process. They do not understand democracy, and the minute they felt that they were unable to operate democratically, this stupid move to try and simply push everybody out and take full power. Rallies in Tahrir Square by groups across the political spectrum are common now in Egypt, but some analysts say the secular opposition needs to do more than simply call for protests if they want to gain political influence. Yasser Hashimi is Egypt analyst at the International Crisis Group. I think it's wishful thinking for the non-Islamist opposition to think that going to Tahrir would simply help them help re-establish uh, their image as, uh, as a viable alternative to the Muslim Brotherhood. Ishimi says the opposition has some important lessons to learn about organizing, not just in urban centers like Cairo, but in Egypt's rural towns and villages. Unfortunately, the opposition has not learned the lesson, which is that they need to campaign widely. They need to establish bit of a geographical reach throughout the country. They need to basically reach out to people. They need to establish social bases. Um, They need to basically become a grassroots uh, movement. That means the secular opposition might want to take a page from the playbook of another former opposition movement, now in power, that appears to have done it best, Mohamed Morsi's Muslim Brotherhood. For The World, I'm Noel King in Cairo. Noel, I have a few more questions for you. It sounds like it's quite the harrowing situation in Tahrir Square. Could you tell us what it's like for you to be there uh, on the ground on a day like today as a journalist, but as a woman journalist? You know, I usually attempt to go to Tahrir Square in the morning when it isn't before it gets very crowded. Um, when it tends to get dangerous is after dark, and that's when you'll find yourself being groped and being followed and being yelled at. And I've had all of those things happen, and as a result, I do everything I can to avoid them. I do try to travel in groups. I do take along male companions who are either Egyptian or, um, you know, who are of Arab descent. Uh, so I stand out a little bit less. Um, but in every case, there is there is the threat that something will happen. And in more cases than not, it does, unfortunately. I wonder about the frequency, though, when you say that you go early in the morning to a place like Tahrir Square as you're reporting because you're worried about what might happen. For instance, today, did anything happen today? Today, I was followed on the bridge walking out of Tahrir Square. I was walking with an interpreter, uh, also a woman, an older woman, um, and two men followed us and, and yelled at us. And we actually picked up our pace and then we ran a little bit. And, you know, they chased us all the way across the bridge leading out of Tahrir Square. And we were very frightened. And, and that is not an uncommon experience anymore. That's something I would say happens to me about 50 percent of the time. We have run stories, certainly, of this kind of behavior in the past. And there are very well-known cases of, of uh, actual sexual assault. Is this different from what has been the case in Egypt through your reporting there uh, over the months? Well, the situation in Tahrir Square in particular is something that has gotten worse over the past couple of months. You know, sexual harassment in Egypt in terms of words being thrown around and, and even the threat of groping has been a problem for for many years now in Egypt. And I think everybody acknowledges that. And a lot of Egyptians are very disgusted by it. But these very violent assaults in Tahrir Square are something that has been happening really only since the Egyptian revolution. And I don't mean to blame the revolution or implicate the revolution What I mean to suggest is, first, there's less of a security presence. So there's just more of an opportunity for this to happen. Um, And secondly, the fact that, again, it's very hard to tell people's motives now when they're they're in the square. Unlike in the pre-revolution days, you have these massive crowds where it makes it very easy for a woman to sort of disappear into a group of people and, again, and, and not get out. And so that is something that really has changed. 
We also understand we should say that there are now groups of men that are apparently forming who are angry about the sexual harassment and basically uh, harassing the harassers of women. Yes, very well-intentioned men, I think, who are just so disgusted by the reputation that Egypt is getting as a country where it is very hard to be a woman and who will say things, and I've, I've spoken to them before, who will say things like, I have a mother, I have sisters, this is completely unacceptable. And in particular, they're disgusted by the fact that it's happening in Tahrir Square, which is to them, to many of these young activists, the birthplace of the Egyptian revolution. So what they will do is they will chase down harassers. They will yell at them. In some cases, they will slap them or spray paint them. And, you know, Egyptians, again, are divided over this kind of behavior. Is this noble? Is this chivalrous? Is this in its way a little bit humorous? Or is this just another example of young men acting out because there is no security force to protect anybody in Egypt at this point? Correspondent Noel King reporting from Cairo, Egypt. Thank you. Thank you.